What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen, and Flip Hacking Live is next week. I can't believe it. I've been tracking the days. It was like 10 or 11 days today, and somebody posted on Facebook, Flip Hacking Live's next week. I'm so excited, and I couldn't believe it. I didn't put two and two together that next week, I'm gonna, today, this time next week, I'm going to be flying down to Charlotte, North Carolina to get ready to present, like set up the studio, have some meetings, all that stuff, and get ready to present next week at Flip Hacking Live. So really exciting stuff. If you guys don't have your ticket, make sure you go to fliphackinglive.com, grab a ticket. You're not gonna wanna miss this. A lot of you wait till the last minute, totally okay, but get your ticket before we get started. So we've been doing this uh, Flip Hacking Friday. So about, I don't know, six weeks ago, two months ago, we started um, leading up to Flip Hacking Live, we started doing this Flip Hacking Friday where uh, I would jump in our like uh, on a webinar and people would jump on, ask a bunch of questions. We'd have different topics that we presented and all these things. And so what I wanted to do is I want to take you behind the scenes. So if you've been spending the time with us, I appreciate it. And if you haven't, this is a little taste of some of the things that we've been talking about in there. Today's uh, topic is about raising money. So I wanted to talk about raising capital, changing our mindset around money, and around raising uh, you know capital for our business. So um, this will be you can be a fly on the wall at the, flip, the last flip hacking Friday. And if you want to attend the next one, you can uh, jump into our free Facebook group, the Seven Figure House Flipping and Wholesaling Group, and we stream them in there, post them in there. And uh, you also can join our email list. You can go to sevenfigureflipping.com, jump on our email list, and we'll send updates about when we're doing it. So uh, this will probably be the last one coming up in a couple of days as we prepare for Flip Hacking Live. So I've had a lot of fun doing it. I hope you guys got a lot of value out of it. And I know that if you're a podcast listener and haven't attended, you'll get some uh, great tips and tricks from this one. So don't, don't forget, get your tickets, fliphackinglive.com, grab your tickets. And here's a, uh, here's a replay of our last Flip Hacking Friday, all about raising money. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, so so I want to talk about money. Um, and in fact, before we do, I want to talk a little bit about what I just, I'm going to give you guys like some behind the scenes on what I just got from the uh, Echelon Front folks and this extreme ownership concept, this responsibility concept. And they, they, they teach a couple things. And, and one thing that, that they told us right when they came on today was this year has been tough. It's been a challenging year. I think we can all agree to that. I think it's been a, an interesting, uh, you know, since March probably. Uh, March, April time. It's been, uh, it's been interesting. And, and their laws of combat, they have four laws of combat, cover and move, simple, decentralized command, and uh, prioritize and execute. And in those four, like those four laws of combat, those four things that, you know, transcend the military and everything that they did and what they teach into business. And inside of that is this simple concept. And they said like all of these things, like we, we're, we're constantly using a lot of this uh, as an excuse as like um, uh, to, to just not do standard practices and things that we would normally do. And they're saying like everything is really simple, but it's not easy. Like doing what we're supposed to do is simple, but it's not easy. It's hard. It's always hard. And this year is probably harder than others but you're always gonna have some problem that you're facing. You're always gonna have some adversary. You're always gonna have something that is holding you back from where you wanna go. 
and it's not easy, but it can be simple and it really is simple. So that's one thing that I really took from this is like, this has been a challenging year. There's been a lot of things that we're going through, um, and, but we just kind of want to make it easy. And Les Brown has a quote that I, that I really, really love. And it's, uh, um, uh, let's see, uh, if you, uh, doing, um, uh, oh man, now I'm putting myself on the spot doing, um, man, uh, so life will be, if you do what's easy, life will be hard. If you do what's hard, life will be easy. And that's kind of what I, I kept coming back to as he was talking about this concept is like we always kind of want the easy button for things. And especially as we get started in business or we get started in the real estate business and stuff like that, what I realized was I was like this, I had to work, like you gotta work hard and it's not easy, it doesn't come easy, but it, it is pretty simple. And the stuff that I'm gonna talk about today in, in raising money and stuff like that is it's just a conceptual concept that you need to get your mind wrapped around and when that happens, it becomes easy. And you know, people want to invest with you, people want the opportunities. So um, a lot of it is mindset. And then I, I pulled out this kind of prioritize and execute piece is detaching from emotion. Like typically the emotional response is the heart, is the, is the easiest way, we tr trigger right away, type in, some things on your, um, on your computer or you know, an email uh, that you just fire off right away or you snap at your spouse or some, somebody that's around or your kids or things like that. Like the emotional response is, is a bad way to go. And detaching from that and making those decisions, and he, they use an analogy of somebody gets shot right in the, in the middle of the street and obviously they're, they're, they're somebody that you love, somebody that you know and they're down and you wanna run out there and grab them. But if you do, you will get shot and you will be in the middle of the street. So you need to detach from that emotion and look around and and kind of you know prioritize and execute the next step that needs to happen and not just go run out in the street and grab that person and whatever whatever it is for you there's something there of to detach from the emotional side of things and figure out um figure out what you should do and take a time take time um like relax take a breath look around and see what see what's next so uh successful teams can detach from emotion um, look at what will benefit the entire team, like the big picture. So there's a couple things that I pulled out. Hopefully it helps. Um, these are some of our like um, high, high level mastermind group that's getting together right now. And this was the first hour and some different things that I pulled out. And I love it. If you were at Flip Hacking Live last year, uh, Jocko Willink was our keynote speaker last year in San Diego. Did an amazing job, closed out the conference for me. And uh, it, was, it was awesome. So he talked about this, laws of combat, cover and move, simple, prioritize and execute and decentralized command. And all of that stuff is so relevant in business, just like it is in the military and everything that they did. So owning your problems, leading up and down the chain of command, like all this stuff is, is so important. And things that, you know, that, that book, Extreme Ownership, really changed a lot for me. So we'll open it with that. And uh, I would be uh, remiss if I didn't mention Flip Hacking Live. So it's coming up in two weeks. These Flip Hacking Fridays I've been doing uh, for the last couple of weeks, uh, probably like the last couple of months, actually. This is probably the seventh or eighth one that I've done. And it's all about leading up to this event. And so Monday, the prices go up again. So if you don't have your tickets and you're on this call or you're listening to the recording or whatever, wherever you are, make sure that you get your tickets. You can go to flippackandlive.com and grab your tickets. And uh, these are some of the things that we'll be talking about, about at the event. Like all the stuff that we're covering here are things that we cover at the event in deeper dives. So the purpose of this was to uh, show a lot of folks out there, like how I can help them, the things that we can do, and give you like a little taste of behind the scenes of what's going on at Flip Hacking Live. And today, at three o'clock inside of three o'clock central. So if you're on the West Coast, one o'clock, if you're on the East Coast, four o'clock, um, we're doing this live calling, we're live dialing sellers again. So if you already have your tickets and you're in our Facebook group, make sure that you're in there at three o'clock. Chad King's gonna go live in there and, um, and live dial sellers again and try to get houses under contract for people. So if you haven't already, go in there and say, I want, 
I want him to call one of my sellers. He's doing a lot of the pre-work right now to get prepared for that in just you know three hours. So it's going to be really cool and some fun stuff to do. So if you're a ticket holder already, jump into that Facebook group and watch that at three o'clock. If you're not a ticket holder and you don't have a ticket yet, go get a ticket. Like, don't wait. I know it's virtual and you're going to wait till the last minute, but the prices are going to go up on Monday. And we want to make sure that we send out these like swag boxes to you. We have these boxes of things that we're sending out to everybody uh, directly to their house. And so make sure you get a ticket because after Monday, we probably, we can't guarantee that they're going to get there before the event. Um, we just sent out a bunch of boxes to our members. Uh, they got them yesterday for today's event. It was very successful. Um, some of them got caught up in, in customs and, and slow down and stuff like that. So we want to make sure we give plenty of time to get that stuff to you. Okay. So what I want to talk about today is raising money. And um, I think that this is important. We've talked about a lot of the tactics and strategies of marketing, of, um, of like finding contractors. We talked, about, um, we talked about all kinds of stuff the past eight weeks or so since we've been doing this. And today what I wanna talk about is money because it's the thing that stops a lot of people. And for some reason they just, um, they just can't uh, break, wrap their mind around the fact that they have to raise capital for their business or um, why would somebody else trust me when I don't have any experience or just a little bit of experience. So, and, or they overpay, they pay way too much money for this stuff. So, so what I want to talk about is I want to start with kind of the mindset of this. I created this challenge. A lot of people have gone through it. There's probably people on this call that have been through the 30 days to 500 K challenge. And I put day, to put together like a 30 day video series course and some exercises, homework, all kinds of stuff like that for you for y'all to do to raise money. And we've had people that have raised six mil, over $6 million. We have people that have raised you know, a couple million dollars that had never raised money for, before or only raised a couple hundred thousand. And it's really cool to see the success that uh, we've probably had three or 400 investors go through this challenge so far. It's really cool to see that success. And what I did was I tried to put all my experience in there. So now my goal today is over the next like 30 minutes or so is to just give you a lot of those high level conceptual ideas and concepts that you can think about for raising money, whether it's for your startup business, whether it's for flips, uh, whether it's for multifamily apartment buildings, whatever you're doing out there, um, money is, a, is, the, is the big part of what you do. And it doesn't have to be your money. And it pr probably shouldn't be your money, by the way. So... Hopefully, as you guys have, um, uh, oh, Phil asked, the, the, so the current price for Flip Hacking Live tickets is $397. So $397, it's a virtual ticket. You don't have to buy an airplane ticket, hotel, anything like that. You can uh, show up from where you are. And uh, they're, so they're going up on Monday. Like uh, we raised the prices uh, three or four weeks ago and uh, they can't kind of keep going up as we get a little bit closer um, just to kind of give you guys a little push towards getting them. So the, um, okay, raising money. Here's the thing. And, and Elena, I see all of your questions. I will get to them, I promise. So um, Elena said, thank you for sharing your knowledge. I have a ticket to Flip Hacking Live. I'm very excited. Can't wait. Here are a few questions I came up with after you've announced the topic of discussion for today. Uh, okay. I will not laugh, I promise. So, and there is no stupid question. I really believe that. Like if uh, that we have new people, we have people that are uh, intermediate and we have people that are advanced and everybody's somewhere and trying to get this information, right? So, and I mean, I was, I was listening to, my first mastermind group that I attended, we have an audio. I was listening to my presentation and I sounded, I had no idea what I was doing. Like I, I really did. And I was listening to that going, oh my gosh, I'm a totally different person in, in, in business than I was then, right? And so it's just time, that's it. And time and work. So, okay, the conceptual side of raising money. A lot of people have struggle with the concept of of raising money or, or thinking that they could raise millions and millions of dollars for, of other people's money. And there's a responsibility that comes with that. And we'll talk, we'll touch on that a little bit, but 
it's, it's, a, it's a mindset problem. And at that every single week when we've talked about different things, it's all about the story that you're telling yourself in your head. Like the thing that you're talking about, what, how, we had a guy, we have a guy named Walter Bond. He's spoken at the last two years of Flippacking Lives and he's speaking again this year. It's, I, I never thought that I would invite somebody back year over year over year. He's amazing. His message is, is so dynamic and he, he gives a different presentation every year. And he said something the first year as I, I was in the audience, just like you guys, whenever he speaks and we're, we're live, I, I sit in the audience. Like I go out from behind the, the curtain and I sit back in the audience somewhere and just take notes. And because I want the experience, I want the same experience that you're getting. It's totally different than watching it from behind the stage on a TV. And he said, do you ever think about what you think about? And I wrote that down and I started and I highlighted it and I, and I, have, I have like quotes and images and stuff around my office and that's one of them. And I, I constantly play it back in my head all the time. It's like, do you ever think about what you think about? Because what we tell ourselves, like the story that's going on in our head, regardless of what it is, I mean, you could be running 20 miles, you could be, um, I, I don't know, uh, playing, a, playing a sporting, uh, like watching a sporting event, you could be uh, you know, starting a business. It's, it's all about our mindset and what we're telling ourselves is happening. Like we are our worst critic and we, we limit ourselves a ton by what, we, what goes on in our head. Like the battle inside of our head is the most important. So the battle that you're having in your head when you come to raising money is you have to understand that you're providing a service and a great opportunity to somebody else to invest in. So primarily as a flipper, you have... You have this asset that you're going to force appreciation on. You're going to fix it up and you're going to sell it for a profit. And you're going to, you're going to allow somebody else to participate in that just because they have money. They have nothing else. They don't have any experience. They don't have any knowledge. They, don't, they didn't find the deal. None of that stuff. They can't fix up the house. They don't know the contractors. They, they don't know the business. They don't know anything. All, just they have money and they want to make a return on their money. And we think that we should kind of like roll over. We work so hard to find these deals, opportunities, are way more, um, uh, way more scarce than money is today. There's way more money than there is opportunities. And when you finally realize that, you know what you have. And regardless of what you do in business, you're trading a service or something for something in return. So anytime you go buy something, like every Wednesday morning, I go do uh, donuts, for donuts with dad with my boys. So I take the boys to the donut shop and we buy donuts. And I value those donuts and that experience that I'm having with my children more than I value the money that I pay in return for those donuts, right? And so it's a trade of goods and services. That's all we do. This is the same thing. Like you have this opportunity. You're bringing somebody in on this opportunity and allowing them to participate to make some sort of return. They have to value that return and that risk and that reward more than they would somewhere else to come invest with you. So your mindset has to be that you're providing an opportunity for somebody to invest and make money and make it a win-win. You are not asking for a loan. If you think that you're asking family and friends for a loan, you come into that conversation very, very different, like very differently. Let me ask this. Has anybody gone through the 500K challenge that's on, on this call with us? You just drop it in the chat. Let me know if you've gone through it. I'd like to know. Um, and like... Has this been something that you've had to work on? And, and even if you haven't gone through the challenge, do you have some of these mindset problems with feeling like you're asking for a loan or you're like, you're bothering your friends or family or things like that, or you talk about real estate way too much and everybody's like tired of it, or you, you struggle with some sort of mindset when it comes to raising money. I'd love to see them in the chat. I'd love to hear it uh, because this is the thing that we have to battle.
Like this is, this is the thing. Like if you can figure that out first, then it, all the other tactics and strategies and things like that are easy. It's all about the story that you're telling yourself in your head from the beginning. And it, it could be, I'm too new. I don't have the experience. It could be, um, I, what if I, I don't want to lose anybody else's money. I don't want to be responsible for other people's money. It could be a lot of things, like a lot of these mindset problems and struggles. They're, it, that's the problem. It's a big problem. So for me, I remember when I got started, it was, it was very much, it was very much a, 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 a mindset problem that I had where I thought, so I, I took a loan for my 401k, which was the thrift savings plan for me because it was a military 401k. I took a loan from there. And then I had some other money set aside that I kind of pooled together. And then I thought that I had to get bank loans. So I was like running around to banks. I was trying to get them to fund foreclosures and, and things like that. And they were just, I was getting no's, no, 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 no. And I just, I, I felt like I was, I, I would have to go ask for a loan from somebody like family friend or somebody like that, or a family member. And I just wasn't ready to do that because I didn't have a ton of experience. And then what I realized as I started, started this journey and going a little further was that that I do have a lot of experience. Like I do have these folks that, that want to invest with me because they're the opportunities that they have, they're not making the returns that they want. And I can actually give them better returns. I have done a couple rental houses. I actually do have, I've never done a flip before, but I actually have a, some experience in the real estate world. I'm educating myself and I'm tied into people who know what they're doing. So with all of that combined, I definitely have the knowledge and I could speak intelligently about it to allow them to come in and participate. And so I did, I, I, had, I had two lenders come in and fund that first like full flip that I did. And initially I, I didn't think anything of it. I said, all right, well, I'm gonna give them this return. I, it's, it's a very good deal. And at the end, afterwards they got their return and they were like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is amazing. Can we do another one? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And they started talking to some friends and, and then people started reaching out to me saying, hey, how can I get involved in this? and start uh, you know, lending money on some of these deals. And that showed me that I have something of value here. Like I truly do have something here that they value way more than, than I value. And so this understanding the fact that there's hundreds of millions of dollars out there that's on the sideline, that's not working. Understanding the fact that you have a lot of people out in the stock market right now that don't feel comfortable with their money there because it's going up and down and up and down. And it got, went down really bad recently and went right back up and it just feels like a bouncy ball that's going up and down. Like they're, think about like the way that they're feeling right now is, is, is tough. And you have an asset that they can back their money with an asset on a mortgage. They can become a bank for you. So there's a lot of these things that understanding that the opportunity that you're providing to them is, is fantastic. Like most of us want to go, we'll go to a hard money lender and pay two points and 12% interest when somebody would be happy to make 8% flat and doesn't even know what a point is. So that's the first step, understanding this concept, this mindset of, of, around money and getting rid of all the other, um, all the other kind of struggles and, and fears and limiting beliefs that you have. Um, slaying those limiting belief dragons is the first step in any of this stuff. So whether it's raising money or anything else. So that understanding you have an opportunity that you're providing to the marketplace for a return for their money. And just because you might not invest it 6% or 8% doesn't mean that somebody else won't either. So we'll get into a little bit deeper discussion on that stuff. So Elena, I'm going to jump into some of your questions because I think they, uh, I think they're going to take me a certain place and it's a good place to start because I think a lot of people have these uh, questions. So um, Elena said, I, here, I'm going to move it over here. So I'm looking at the camera. 
I've pre-qualified with, let's see, I've pre-qualified with three hard money lenders to be ready for the time when I'll get a deal. They gave me their terms, origination point information, origination fees, interest and inspections and appraisal fees. Are there any other fees I should ask them about? So the first step that I'll tell you is, um, I, I'll challenge anyone that's on this call to, you don't have to use a hard money lender when you get started. It might be, um, it might be where you go to and it's okay to use them for sure. And I'll, I'll talk about a little bit of the benefits quickly. So there is some benefits with using hard money and hard money lenders. If you don't have experience, they will work with you. There are certain ones that will. Um, Lending home is a big, uh, we're a big, like uh, we kind of, I wouldn't say partner with them, but they definitely like work with us and our mastermind group a lot. And uh, they work with uh, first-time uh, flippers. Anchor Loans is another company that we work with uh, inside of our group. I don't know if they're as like first-time flipper friendly as Landing Home is, uh, but they could be. So those are two options for you um, if anybody's looking. Now, and that, the, uh, Landing Home might not lend in your state and Anchor might not lend in your state. You're gonna have to look around um, to see if they do. And from there, you're gonna see points and interest and fees. So you mentioned appraisal fees, origination points, uh, inspection fees, things like that. So you'll have all that. Um, there shouldn't be anything else on top of that other than regular fees that you'll see on a HUD, like doc stamps, uh, taxes, mortgage taxes on a, um, on a mortgage, the recording fees, things like that, that you would normally get whether you got a mortgage from a, a hard money lender or a private money lender. Um, you should not, you, and you should, you should ask every hard money lender, are there any other fees? Are there any other hidden fees that I should expect? What, what are they? they? They need to disclose all of those fees and usually they do. And they can usually give you like an example term sheet of a, and you could ask them, could I have, could I have an example um, closing statement that of something that I should expect or, or any other fees and break them down. So don't be afraid to keep asking them about that, but there's nothing else outside of what you mentioned there. Origination points, origination fee, interest, inspections and appraisals. Um, and, and their terms and things like that. L look at timeline, look at interest rates and look and see if they want monthly payments. And, and to pretty much they're all interest only monthly payments uh, for hard money lenders usually. Now, a private money loan doesn't have all those problems. You probably won't have origination points and origination fees. You probably won't have an appraisal fee. You probably won't have inspection fees. You may be able to fund the deal 110% of it upfront or the, re the renovation costs and the rehab money from closing and have it all in your account and ready to go instead of asking for a draw like you would from a hard money lender. You're probably getting better terms and interest. So I would, I would push and urge everyone to go out there and use private money and find, and by private money, I mean just a private investor like myself that doesn't run a company that will fund your deals. And usually if you're just getting started, it's typically friends, family, warm network. It's people that already know, like, and trust you because you don't have a track record. You don't have experience. A hard money lender will lend on the deal. So one of the benefits of that hard money loan and you working with a hard money lender is that that hard money lender will also underwrite the deal and say, we don't think your after repair value or ARV is right. We don't think that we should lend on this at this percentage. You know, they, so they will be another set of eyes that has experience in that marketplace. I, I'll tell you as an experienced operator, they're not always right. Like we, we know the market a lot of times better than they do when they look at a a tabletop appraisal type thing where they just run the numbers. We typically know, um, and we've argued and showed them comps of why we came up with who, what we came up and they seceded and, and, and funded that deal. Now, as a new operator, that's, it's kind of nice to have almost a partner that can look at the deal and wave you off of a bad one. And that, that could help from time to time. If you don't have somebody else that could, you could run the deal through somebody else that could look at it, stuff like that. So, um, but the benefit of working with them is that they'll, they'll fund it. 
um, they can usually move pretty quick. And if they approved it, then they're not going to say two days before closing, well, hey, I changed my mind. I got cold feet. I'm not going to send you the money like a private money lender could. But think about your private money lenders as you're getting started with, they have to trust and know you, not the deal, because they don't know anything about real estate. And as you get more experience, you can start bringing in, you can start kind of going outside of that uh, warm network and start bringing in a ton of other private money lenders uh, that would invest with you too. So, um, so let's see, uh, Andy said draw fees. So um, yeah, draw fees, I kind of put in with the inspection fees. So usually uh, they have a draw inspection. So you'll have an inspection fee, maybe it's like 50 or $75 for each draw. Spectre will go out there, check it, and then uh, accept the draw request that you put in. Um, so she also asked, I was going after smaller hard money lenders who lend in my state or just in a few states. And my logic was that they might be more friendly to new flippers like me. Is it a good strategy or should I go to a larger nationwide company? Um, I think it's totally up to you. I would say I, the reason I like the, the larger company is I think they're, um, it, they're probably more likely to work with a first time flipper than some of the smaller hard money lenders. And I think their rates are usually better. If you have a smaller hard, hard money lender that's looking for newer investors, that's local and things like that, a lot of times their rates and fees will be a little bit higher, I found. Uh, like when I, when I got started, I was talking to hard money lenders uh, locally in Pensacola. I was shocked at what they were charging. I was like, I'll, I'll just... I'll either just use my own money or I'll, I'll find private money lenders. And I'm glad I did because then I reached out to a bunch of uh, private money lenders and I raised, you know, like a million dollars in private money fairly quickly when I changed my mindset about it. I thought I had to start with hard money. I didn't realize that I could start another way. So um, Paul asked, do you have a presentation that you normally provide to potential investors for private money? Um, I don't. Um, and, but I did, I did share one inside that 30 day challenge. I did share a presentation that one of uh, my friends, Becca, she uses, and I thought it was really good. Um, the reason I don't is I, I typically don't work with right now. I just don't work with people that I don't know. Um, and so usually I have a conversation with them on, I think it's day 11 of the challenge. I actually recorded a call with someone who was considering uh, becoming an investor with me. And, um, and I recorded that call with him. And he, so he didn't know that, that it was going to go into the challenge or I was going to you know, put it out there. And so we talked and I, I treated him just like I would any other lender that was coming into my world and was asking me questions and I was asking him questions. I look at it more like a consultation, a consultative approach where I'm asking questions, he's asking questions, he or she, and we're just having a conversation to see if we're a good fit to work with each other. And at the end, I said, hey, would you mind if I, if I use this um, on the challenge? And he was like, no, I think no, no problem at all. So I didn't want to tell him ahead of time because it probably would have changed the way he talked to me and answered some of the questions, but um, you could be like a, it, I, I think it's my favorite day because you're like a fly on the wall with me talking to a private lender. I don't really have a package. Somebody wants to see like returns or a previous project or something like that. I usually send them to our Facebook page, our company Facebook page. Uh, I have, I can send them some emails and, and things like that. I can uh, link them up with another investor, but I just, I feel like I, I just have never felt like I needed it. And now we're raising money for larger deals like apartment buildings and stuff like that. Then we'll put together kind of a, a pitch deck for that, for that project, but they're investing in that project along with investing in us. So in the beginning, it was more building a relationship and, and understanding that I'm going to treat their money right. And this is a good fit for them and a good fit for us because I also want to make sure I'm working with this person too. I look at my investors as partners in the deal with me. So although we're not splitting equity in it, we are partnering on the deal and they, they are, they're a big part of it. So I, I, I've never really kind of like had this big pitch deck or anything like that. And I've never really felt like that 
that moves the needle for me. I'm more of a relationship uh, borrower and, and lender and things like that. So, um, okay, let me go back to Elena's next question. So private money lenders. Can you please, if there's any hard money uh, questions, you can drop them in the, the chat. So private money lending, can you please give tips to newbies who are introverts on how to connect with others during COVID as we have severe limitations on in-person meetings? There is virtually no in-person RIA meetings happening now. I have a friend of mine whose aunt is successfully investing in rental properties and using private money. I was thinking that I could share my deal with her, um, find an executive flip. So, okay, let's, let's jump into this one. So private money lenders. I, I don't feel like you have to necessarily meet in person. I think what, you're, what a lot of people are missing is, let's, let's quickly talk about the different types of investors that, that I talk about on, uh, in the challenge. So we have these three different types of investors. You have, the, you have the person who's already investing in real estate. So you have somebody who's already doing hard money loans. You can basically make that equivalent to a hard money lender. But like me, I, are, I, I loan out money in my IRA and 401k to other flippers inside of our mastermind groups. And they... Uh, you know, I make a good return. It's a, I don't know, it could be, let's just say it's two points, 12%, or it's 15% flat or something like that. It's a good return in interest rate, right? And I also do transactional funding. So I do short-term deals, like one hour to double close a, a wholesale deal that they can't fund using the buyer's money and things like that. So I'll do that just for like, you know, one and a half to 2% real quick, and they'll send it back to me in an hour. So I do a lot of that. I'm somebody who is actively investing in real estate and actively doing loans on real estate. I'm going to be somebody who can get you the money in an hour, but you're also going to pay a lot for it. It's going to be expensive. So well, the way I look at it is the, the cost and the time are usually inversely related with these kind of lenders. So that's, that's that lender, right? Somebody who's already investing in real estate. Usually those are the people that are attending the reading RIA meetings, not always the case. They could be the next person, like the type two type person. And the next one is somebody who is kind of like savvy. Maybe they are landlords like you talked about. There's somebody who are investing in real estate, but they're used to getting eight or 10% interest and they just don't want to be active anymore. They want to be more passive and they might want to start investing in with you at eight or 10%. They're happy with those returns. They don't need points and interest, high interest and all that stuff. And they're happy doing that. You also have people who are investing in the stock market who are used, they're financially getting eight or 10% on their money or 6%. And they're willing to make, if they're making six, they're interested in getting eight without the ups and downs and things like that. And they might move some of their money from the stock market over to real estate to diversify with you. But they're, they're financially savvy. They understand. They probably know what a perspective, uh, what points are, just because it's not really a world outside of what we do. Hopefully I'm not breaking up. It says my internet connection is a little unstable. So that's that next type of investor but they're, they're actively investing. Their money isn't just sitting in a bank account. So then the next person, this third person is people who have like a CD, like a $50,000 or $100,000 certificate of deposit, a CD in a bank account that's making like two and a half percent interest and they lock their money up for five years to make two and a half percent. Or they got money sitting in a bank account or they got money sitting in a money market account and they don't know what a perspective is, prospectus is. They're not like actively buying and selling stocks or investing in the stock market. They actually don't know how much their stocks are making. They're, they have a financial advisor that takes one or 2% of their money and stuff like that. And their money's locked up and they just, they just aren't financially savvy, but they still want to retire. They still want to make those returns and they're interested in doing things with you or having that conversation. Those are the three kind of buckets that I see these investors fit in. 
And I want to be getting my money from that last bucket, the one that has people who are getting a half a percent interest in a money market account right now, or they have their money in a CD that they're making 2% and they locked it up for five years. And they're like, oh, I don't want to pay the penalty because the penalty is like all the interest that I made for the last year at two and a half percent. I'm like, well, you can make 8% over the next four years that it would be in there. And let me show you what that money would look like if you did. So I want to talk to that person because that's going to be the cheapest money. Now, it's also going to be the, the conversation that has to go on for a lot longer period of time, right? I'm going to have to talk to that person for a lot more. I'm going to have to have more discussions. It's going to, it might take them a month or two months to get comfortable. They might actually have to see one of those investor packets or understand how it works. And I'm going to have to spend more time with them. Where, remember, like me, I can get you the money in an hour, but it's going to, you're going to pay a lot for it. This person, it might take two months or three months, or in the case of some of my family members, two years, that they were still having conversations. They still haven't pulled the trigger. And I'm like, okay, well, when you're ready, you're ready. Like, just everybody else will keep making the returns that they're making, and you can decide when you want to use your IRA and, and do something together. It's fine. No problem. It takes a long time, but the returns are lower. I can get 6% or 5% or 8%, 4% interest flat with no points. And then the middle person is somewhere in the middle. Like, you might pay 8 or 10%, and they might, it might take them, like, you know, see one of your projects or, or hear about it a little bit. So those are the three buckets of private money lenders. So... And I, I'm telling, I'm, I'll get back to why I'm telling the story, but the tips of how introverts can talk to private money lenders is you don't have to go to a RIA meeting to meet these folks is what I'm getting at. They're, they're right in front of you. They're at your, your kid's school. They're at your, the party that you're going to. They're at, they're at your house for a, you know, a get together, a birthday party. They're at your church. They're all over. They're at your family reunion. Like you don't know that your uncle Joe has a million dollars in his IRA. Your uncle Joe doesn't know that he can use his IRA to invest in real estate. So like, it's out there. It's so funny because there's so many people that are looking for returns and there's so many people who are like, want to pay those kind of returns on their, uh, on their investments. And it's just like, they're not getting together in the same room. So what you have to realize is you don't know who's out there that has money and you don't know who's out there that's interested in investing in real estate with you. You don't know who's interested in investing with you. And you won't know unless you say something about it. And I'd say as an introvert, and I, I, I don't know, I've got to know myself a lot better. I do feel like I'm um, uh, knowing myself now. Like I love to be out there. I love to set things up. Uh, my, my skipper is on the call. He, I've set up a bunch of parties and get togethers and things like that. But the more I get together with other people, my batteries really do drain. And I'm like, my people, like personality skills, like reading other people and things like that is not necessarily my strongest suit. And, but I can turn it on and turn it off. So as an introvert, I would say you should do more uh, like behind the scenes and it could be just more social media posts. It could be more, uh, more email uh, conversations. It, could, it doesn't have to be going out for dinner or coffee or going to network at a RIA meeting. If you sit me in a RIA meeting, I don't roll up there and stand at the front of the door and hand out my business card. I'm the guy in t-shirts and shorts and sandals in the back, hoping like I see the people that I know and I have conversations with them. Um, but I'm not like the, 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 the networking life of the party. I'm just not. And I know that. So I know that I have to do things a little bit differently. And so what I like to do is I like to do this. I like to speak from stage. I like to, I like to do a webinar. I like to do a, um, send an email update to all my lenders. I like to have those conversations. I don't like to talk on the phone. I don't like to, I don't like to do that stuff. 
So you've got to figure out what it's like for you. So how did I raise money? I posted my previous deal or I started talking about what I'm doing. I started saying like, hey, I'm, I'm getting involved in this real estate thing. Like I'm, this is what I'm doing. I'm looking, for, I'm looking for partners. If anybody's interested, let me know. And then I'll have a conversation with them and I'll treat it like a conversation that I have with, I'd have with a friend. Where's your money now? What do you want to make on it? How much are you interested in investing? You know, what are your goals? What are your plans? If a tree fell on your house tomorrow, would you be able to replace the roof? Or is this your emergency fund? Because remember, it's gonna be tied up in this real estate deal for six months or a year. If you need it back in two weeks because you had an emergency, this isn't the money that you should invest with us. So it's just a lot of that. But realize that the RIA meeting is a decent place to go to talk to private money lenders, but you're gonna be in that you know, first bucket or second bucket. And the best place to go is people who already know, like, and trust you who are getting like, who do you know that is not getting great returns? Who do you know that has no idea that they can use their IRA in real estate? Who do you know that, and you, you won't know until you get rid of that like secret identity. And Susan Laster Lyons is, wrote a book called Getting the Money. She's going to be a speaker at Flip Hacking Live. And she, she wrote about this concept, the secret identity concept in there. And when I read it, it like unlocked this thing for me. It's like, I, I identified myself as a pilot. I was a pilot. I was a military officer. That was it. That's, what, that's who I was. That was, my, that was who I was internally as my identity. Like I tied it to it. I wasn't a house flipper. I wasn't a wholesaler. Like I was interested in, in potentially going in that direction, but I didn't want to talk about it until I was successful. But the catch 22 is you can't become successful unless you talk about it. And so what I realized is when I started talking about it, people came out of the woodwork to invest with me. They were like people in my squadron. My, I have, a, I have a, a commanding officer of my test pilot squadron and he's, he's, a, he's a big investor with me. He's interested in doing deals. Every time we have a deal, he's, he's on the call. And I, he would have never known that had I not talked about it or said something about it or posted about it. Like him and I were, him and I were having business conversations when we were flying. Like I had to go get my report sent. He was the chief test pilot before he became the commanding officer. I'm, you know, we're talking about that stuff. We're not talking about flipping houses. But, you know, when I moved down to Pensacola and I started doing more, I started posting, he started seeing it. He was like, oh, hey, tell me what you're doing. You know, I'm interested in, in potentially getting involved. Like I'm, I'm going to have to retire soon and I don't know what to do with my money. And uh, I'm interested in working with you. So think about that. Like that, that's, 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 those are the people that they're not going to know unless you tell them. So that secret identity concept and sharing that stuff is so important for us. It is really, really important. And we, we want to wait until we're successful to do it. And I'm that way. So like, forget about that. Start talking about it. Start saying what you want to do. Start build, and you build those relationships. So Elena said, I'm just like you. I talk for a living, but my perfect weekend is to stay inside and see no one but my family. I, exactly. Like, um, I, I, I love talking about real estate. I can go to a party and I can talk about like what I like to talk about when we start talking about stuff that I have no interest in. I'm like, I got to get out of here. I don't know. It's, uh, I, I think it's a little bit, a little bit selfish, of course, but I, it's, it's hard for me. So I have to kind of, uh, be able to turn it on, turn it off, and, be, and also be able to recharge your battery. So Elena, for you, I think for any, any introvert that doesn't go to the RIA meeting and social butterfly, the networker, the person that's at, handing out the cards, shaking hands and kissing babies right at the front door, right? Those of, the, those of you that are like me and Elena, we have to figure out like, what are we good at? Like, how, how do we connect? How do, and then how do other people connect? Like, what do they want? Because sometimes, hey, if somebody, somebody needs to go out to lunch, and they're going to bring a million dollars to one of our apartment buildings, I'm going to lunch. Like, I'm just fine. We'll talk about whatever they, they want to talk about as long as it's a good deal and that's a good partner for me. So um, 
Yeah, Josh said, I'm a huge introvert, but I'm really good at networking. It's relationship building one-on-one. So a lot of people are good one-on-one. A lot of people are good one-to-many. A lot of people just all over the place. So when it comes to raising money, what you have to realize, it's a people business. All of this stuff is people business. It's about, for me, I know that if I ask them what they want, if I ask them their goals, it becomes more about them than it is about me and the deal and everything else. Like I want to make sure, and I, I genuinely do. Like we paid out, probably $250,000 in interest last year. This is awesome. It's amazing to see that. Like, I love that side of it. That's one of the things that I love the most. And so for all of you, you just got to figure out, like you're truly going to help people reach financial freedom in their financial future. And in doing that, like you get rewarded with, you make money too. So it's all about kind of working together with my lenders. That's why I say they're partners because they really are. And I'm bringing in a partner. If I think about like I'm bringing a partner into my business, I'll also be careful with whose money I borrow. I, I shouldn't even say borrow. Who, I, I provide the opportunity to them. They bring the funds and they fund our deal, right? We work together. So it's gotta be a win-win. Like they gotta see that too. Um, let's see, uh, I'm gonna skip the, uh, she said as a bonus, if you had time at the end, talk a little bit about the runway group. I, I'll, I will do that. Um, Oh, cool. So she said, uh, I sent a property to Chad uh, to call for the, from your driving for dollars list. I'm just amazed that you guys would do things like that for others. I'm very, very excited to learn to conduct these calls. Uh, starting direct, I started direct marketing four weeks ago. So awesome. I, uh, hopefully, I, I guess you guys talked about it. He'll, uh, he'll call, hopefully get somewhere you can hear it. Um, and may, uh, who knows, maybe he locks up a contract for you with a seller. Uh, we're just, it's just fun stuff to do. Like he's really good at it. And, uh, and you know, We've never had the opportunity to do something like this with our Flip Hacking Live attendees. Uh, usually it's like show up in San Diego, come into the conference, and we just couldn't connect for the month prior. And everything that's going on, we want to make sure that we can add as much value as we can. So I'm going to go back to Greg's question. Greg, uh, my, my, we, this is one of my commanding officers from San Diego when I was flying in my first squadron. Uh, so you should probably not use your own money. Can you expand on that? It seems like paying no interest, particularly when you're trying to establish a reputation, would be a good thing. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily against using your own money, but I, I, I think that a lot of people think that they have to, they, like they can't do a deal because they don't have the money. Like the opportunity comes first. Like going to find the opportunities is the hard part. Money will find you. So I'll use an example. My first, my first few uh, flip deals that I did. So after that, those first two, I joined the seven figure flipping mastermind group. And there was a guy in there who it just, he just wanted, he just had money and he was, uh, him and I talked, we got connected, Andy connected us and he funded the first like seven or eight of my projects. And he, he wanted to fund the deal and I did all the work. I found the deal, did all the work. And then we split the profit 50, 50. And it allowed me to kind of grow and scale. And that's when I had this limiting belief of going out and raising money. I was like, there's no way that I can have access to a million dollars in this this guy basically will fund any deal that I do and pay all the money. I would pay for like the utilities and the, the little things, the, the light, the electric, the water, the, you know, mowing the grass, stuff like that, any taxes I had to pay or stuff like that. And he'd pay for the purchase price, the rehab, all that stuff. And we'd split all the profits 50, 50. It was a great relationship, but I, I started saying like, this is really expensive, right? And using your own money is if for me, I would rather, like take my money and if, if you have enough to do one house at a time, then you have enough to do potentially two houses at a time. 
and grow a little bit more. So now I can put down maybe a down payment on a house uh, with a hard money lender, or maybe you bring in a private money lender and do multiple properties. So what happens a lot of times of what we do is we take all of our money, we tie it up into one property, we put all of our focus on that property, we start fixing it up, and then we start saying, you know what? I could save a lot of money by using my, my time too. Like I could actually do the work and I could save money. And so I did that in the beginning. Like I mentioned, my first deal, I took my 401k money loan, I took some other money that I had, and we did that first deal, and I did a lot of the work myself. And when I did the math, I made about $12 an hour. And that was before the cost of money. Like I didn't even include the cost of money in there. So I made $43,000 on that project, but it took me six months. And I've spent a lot of my time, like days, nights, weekends, and all my money was in there, not making a return somewhere else. So I made like $11.74 on that house per hour that I worked on it, not including my money making money. So actually, I was probably like more like $8 an hour or $9 an hour. And so I think what happens is we, we start using our own money. We think that that's the way that we run our numbers. We get kind of stuck on the fact that, well, we're, we're not paying interest. Now, if you, took your, if you took your money in there and said, you know what, I'm going to charge 2 points and 12% to this project that I would normally pay another lender. And then I'm going to pull that out and that's going to be cost of money on this deal. And then I'm going to, if I put in any time, I'm actually going to, you know, put some money towards that where my time's worth $25, $30 an hour. And I'm going to put that aside over here. And then I'm going to see how much I made on that project. And so then you actually know how much a project would make as you start growing and scaling a business. So what happens a lot of times, people put their own money in there, they make 30 or $40,000, but that's really only the interest that would have been paid on the money anyway, and you broke even, but you think you did really well, you go forward and you do your deal number two, deal number three, deal number 10, and then you start bringing in other people's money or bringing in hard money and bringing in higher price labor and stuff like that, and you're not doing your own work. And then you're, real, you're going like, why are my margins so thin? So as long as you build it in, I'm not against, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. I, I just like to see people run it like a business where they're not like just putting their own money in their, their own time, like it's free. And that's the problem that you run into with, with doing that. It's just the way that you think about it. So like right now, my company, Blackjack, wants money, like needs money, and they, they're doing a deal. I will say, okay, you guys have to ask me for money. Like Bill doesn't just fund the company with my own cash all the time. I did that in the beginning. I'm not, I don't do that anymore. Now it's interest rate. Like you're going to pay 15% interest just like everybody else. You can borrow my money, but it's expensive. You might want to go out and look for cheaper money. So I think we need to value our money with the return that we want to get on it separately from what we're doing on the deal. So hopefully that answers that question. Um, and then it, if, if you have it and you can jumpstart, I think the problem is a lot of people don't necessarily have that kind of capital. And then my other question is, would you limit yourself to the number of deals that you do or the type of property that you do because of the amount of money that you have available? And if, that's the, if the answer is yes, then go out and raise money. Like that, that's the key, is don't let money be the reason why you're not doing deals or not accepting opportunities. Okay, um, if, I, if you want further uh, conversation on that, just drop it in there. Um, let's see, I'm gonna go to Josh. Josh said, would you suggest getting a couple of flips under your belt before raising private money? I was gonna wait to have some experience, but that could be a limiting belief. I, I don't think it's necessary. Like, I really don't. Um, I, I would love, I really do think that, th there's no harm in having conversations. Like, you don't have to put people's money in your bank and go out and look for a deal. That's a recipe for, 
that's not a recipe for success. Like uh, if you if you feel like pressured to buy a property just because somebody else says they want to fund it, um, not not a, not a good way to go. But I will say that. I don't think that you need a, a bunch of deals. I don't think you need this giant resume. I think you just need to figure out what, what was cool for me is I had that 50, 50 partner. So I knew that I didn't have a ton of experience, but um, I was finding deals. I, I, I had a couple houses under my belt already and I was ready to go try to grow and scale that up. And we did uh, because I didn't have capital wasn't a limiting factor. So I would say go out, have the conversations, get people to say I'm interested. And then basically at the end of that conversation is, all right, well, hey, I'm, look, I'm going out and look, I'm looking for properties right now. So if I have one, is it okay if I bring it to you? And then if you're interested in it, it sounds like this would be something that you would be willing to do and something you'd be interested in investing in. And usually they say, yeah, I say, okay, well, what would be your limitations? How much time would you need? Uh, how much, how, what kind of funds do you have available? And what does that look like? And just kind of go through that. And now you have three or four people that you would reach out to in the event that you get a deal. And it's, I think it's building that Rolodex. Like I want that five, 10, 20 people deep. I want a million dollars on that list. If you, if you listen to that, uh, to that call and the challenge, I basically say that I have, I don't care how much interest you want. If you want 15% interest, that's fine. But I'm just, I just create a list of the amount of money that people have, the interest rate that they want. And then I just go down from the bottom of it, lowest interest rate up to the highest interest rate. And, you know, so if at 15%, I may never call you at 5%, you're, I'll be using your money every single day of the year. And that's the conversation I have with them. I don't set the interest rates. I'm not pitching you on terms and all that stuff. I want to know what, what works for you. What's the win for you? And if it works for us, then we'll, we will, we'll move forward. So I don't think it's necessary to have a, a couple under your belt. I, I'd say, I'd say flippers, Flippers need to be good at two things. Well, really three things. One is finding opportunities. So networking, finding deals, uh, could be marketing yourself, but definitely working with wholesalers, working with uh, realtors, go, going out and finding opportunities. Number two is raising money. You should always be raising money. The thing that, that screwed me up a lot of times is I would raise money, then I'd go do some, do some projects and I'd forget about raising money still. And then, I, and then I'd get a project that needed, you know, three or 400,000 and be like, ah, oh, now I got to go out and raise money for this. Now I got to close it in three weeks. So always be raising money, like always be raising money. And then the third one is project management. So managing construction crews, managing the budget, managing the timelines, all that stuff. That's the key for, uh, for a flipper. And I think as a wholesaler, marketing sales and transaction management is really the key to those, those sides. Uh, let's see, Paul asked a question. Do you ever partner with investors for them to come up with the funds to qualify and purchase and reno and you manage the project and sale and then split the profits? So I think that's exactly what I just talked about. So in the beginning, um, I did. So they, I, I bring in a 50-50 partner. Somebody comes in and, and funds the deal. It's usually called a joint venture, a JV uh, agreement, JV partnership. And so I do that now actually in reverse. I actually fund um, uh, other people's deals. So I have a, a, a partner down in Pensacola where he finds the deal, he does the work, I fund it, and we split the profits. So I'm on the other side of that now, uh, now in the kind of like have some money category. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm not against it and it is expensive, but I think this, the, there's a, ton, a bunch of popular sayings of like half of something is better than all of nothing, right? So in the beginning, I, I just didn't know how to go out and raise money. I didn't, didn't necessarily have access to a million dollars yet. And I probably, I probably could have, like looking back, I probably could have if I had that mindset shift earlier, those limiting beliefs went away. Um, but that, that was the process that I had to go through. So I think in that there's a, uh, yeah, I, I, 
I think there's nothing wrong. I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't go into like a partnership on that. Can you imagine if, if we were 50, 50 business owners of the business now, because of that, I would do deal by deal on a joint venture relationship, like partner on individual deals as they go. Cause that way, you know, after three or four deals, when you realize that you, now you have some money or you, you have access to money and you have the experience that you want, you can figure out where, where you go. And as an investor, I'm fine with that too. Like I, my partner down in Pensacola, if he doesn't need me, I don't care. Like, I don't, I'm not holding him hostage because I have some money and I want him to do every deal with me. If he can find cheaper money, go find it. Like you should, that's the kind of person that you should want to work with. The kind of person that wants you to be successful, whether you're using their money or not. And same thing, like inside the mastermind group, I just saw um, one of the people that I used to, one of the, the ladies I used to lend money to all the time. She, she borrowed money from one of the other members. And I was like, what? You're, like you're cheating on me. What's happening here? It's probably just got cheaper rates. Like he's just, provided a better opportunity for her. And I, by all means, I encourage that. Same thing on my transactional funding deals. When I fund a deal for just like five or 10 minutes or an hour that day, like the first thing I say is, will the title company allow you to use the buyer's money instead of my money? Cause my money's expensive. So you should do that first. And then um, the, the next one is, um, is like, like, do you, do you really need this money? Like how, how else could you fund this or how else could you creatively uh, finance this and put it together? Like there's probably two or three ways to do it before you actually have to bring somebody else's money to close the first deal to get the second one done. And do you even have to double close it? Could you just assign it? And so I ask all those questions because I, I would rather them make more money than, you know, pay my high rates. And they say, no, I absolutely need it. Then, okay, I'll do it. So um, let's see. Let's see, Elena. So yeah, Elena, I, you know, the, so it's interesting. I have, um, so Flip Hacking Live, again, if you're on this call, you know this is Flip Hacking Friday. This is our, I don't know, we probably will do next week, but obviously it, it, two weeks from today, I'll be in North Carolina in day two of uh, Flip Hacking Live. So if you don't have your tickets yet, you can go to fliphackinglive.com, grab your tickets. I'd love to see you there. Like this is the kind of stuff that we're diving into. Again, the woman who taught me what I know about raising money is going to be speaking at the event. She's going to be there, which is really cool. Um, I was planning on giving a presentation about raising money, but I said, well, I had her on the podcast a couple months ago. Let me reach out and see if she would be willing to speak. And she, she said she would. So uh, I think that's huge. It's really, really pretty cool. And uh, hopefully you guys have seen, we've got, we, I had, I hired this uh, woman who draws, um, she draws like notes about books. She reads books and then makes one sheet of all the concepts around each book, like each chapter and big concepts from the book. It's like a book summary uh, in graphical design. And I, I reached out to her and said, hey, um, have you ever done an event? Because I, I had this idea. Um, so I interviewed Annie Duke, who's a poker player. I found her book, her graphical concept. I reached out to the woman who did that book and said, would you do this? And after some back and forth, she said, okay, this is an interesting concept. Let me think about how I would do it. I sent her all the podcasts, every, everything about each individual speaker. So 18 of the speakers, she made a graphical uh, de- depiction of all each 18 speakers. So I just got the 18th one today, and I'm going to post some stuff all on social media. So check that out. I think it's a really cool uh, thing that we're doing right now. But um, the runway program was something. What I, so I bought this company in July of 2019 for my mentor, Justin. And when I did, I, I made a shift from some of the things that we were doing. At that time, we were had a program called six figure flipping, seven figure flipping and eight figure flipping. And, and these, it was a, a six figure flipping is for newer investors, people are just getting going, kind of ramping up their business. And 
it was always open. It was just like people could come in and out whenever they wanted. It was a six month program. And so I just wanted to change it. I kind of gave it a facelift. I adjusted it. I just shut it down right before the event and said, we're going to create this program called the seven figure runway. And we did. And this is our first year. This is the first year of our seven figure runway members going through. And in fact, I was just on the call with our altitude members. Our seven figure altitude is our mastermind group that has uh, folks that are doing, you know, 10 plus deals a year already over $200,000 in profit in their business. Just they're trying to grow and scale and start hiring and, and automating and stuff. And then just before that, there's like the, you know, that's like the, I don't know, maybe the major leagues, if you will. And then we have this minor league program trying to get people up to altitude. And I was so proud to like introduce eight of the members that we had in the runway that had like ascended to altitude over the past few months then this is the first event that they're attending today that we're doing uh, virtually right now that's happening while we're, while we're here together. So that was amazing to see those folks that had grown their business from an, either never doing a deal or have only done one or two deals to get to the point where they've quit their jobs, they've grown their business and they can move up to altitude. And it's really, really cool to see. And we probably have four or five more that will by the time you know, over the next couple of weeks before Flip Hacking Live. Um, but they had this one-year runway program where we just shut the doors. So I'm going to pour all the effort and energy into the, those folks. And I remember when we said we were going to do it, people were like, ah, they're not going to shut the doors. They'll open them after, you know, one month, two months, three months. They'll start sending an email and say, hey, the runway program's open again if anybody wants to get in. But we legitimately did not take anybody else for a whole year. And I think it's needed for a newer investor or somebody who's just starting to ramp up or wanting to start scaling. So that's what the program, like the big picture side of the program is, like what, what it is, how much it is, what, what everybody's going to get and stuff like that. That's, that's what I'll talk about at Flip Hacking Live uh, towards the end of the event. So um, I want to save, save it for that, but I will say that I think like this runway 2.0, we did this first year, the second year, I think is going to be really, really good. We've, we've learned what works, what doesn't like what people wanted. We, we've listened to people. We are revamping a lot of things. Like this is a totally new opportunity that we've created now. And I have built a team when we started last year in October, it was just four of us. And now we have about 15 people in the company and on the team. And I have three in the membership department. So that just for, our members to take care of our members. We have three people and we're building out. Uh, I mean, I, I always, I, I have trouble like keeping a secret and stuff. We're building out a really great. Um, uh, uh, I think, I think the, one of the problems is like access to content. There's just so much content that um, I created like an 80 video series to walk people through and, like my business model, exactly what we do and all that stuff. Um, even inside of that, it's step-by-step step. like you can go in there, but um, We've, we've done some really cool stuff to be able to find things really fast. And I think that's the challenge a lot of times. And we have some accountability that goes with it. We have events, we have all that kind of stuff. So um, that's what it is. And we are, we're gonna close the doors again. I promise you that we're gonna close the doors again for a whole year. I won't open them back up again. Uh, I'm a man of my word and that's not gonna be the case. So this is the opportunity to, to jump in if it makes sense for you guys. But come to Flip Hacking Live, you'll find out about it. You'll see the opportunity there. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this. I feel like we have something that's probably two to three times better than what we had last year. So, um, and obviously what we did last year was amazing. So it's just a new opportunity, changing a few things up. I think we, we saw what people loved, what they would wish we, we could have done a little bit differently and um, very successful program, very successful launch over the last year, but every year we just get better and better. So uh, that's it. All right. Uh, one o'clock. What else? You, any, any other questions? Before I close it down, I think raising money is all about mindset. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, oh, let's see. Uh, bought a ticket for Flip Backing Live, but not on Facebook yet. Any other ways to join in on the event later today? Um, uh, yeah, possibly. Let me see. Uh, you got just just create a Facebook page right now and get get go over there at three o'clock. You got to. Uh, I'll say if if you you've got Greg, you've got to get a Facebook page. Um, Says so we do some uh, some of our stuff inside of Facebook. It's uh, like you can use it just for this. It doesn't have to be and honestly, like raising money, Facebook, I, I've raised millions of dollars on Facebook, not like making an offering, but, uh, go, go grab it. Uh, you got to get on there. Um, the, it's possible that if, if you reach out to us and ask for the video, um, it's possible that we can, um, I can probably swipe the video off of there and, and send it to you. Um, but like watching it live, isn't going to happen unless you have a Facebook account. So just go get on there. Uh, yeah, have Lisa set it up for you. Uh, thanks for doing this, Bill. I really appreciate this. Excited for Flip Packing Live. When, uh, when do we get our swag bags? So um, you'll probably just get them a couple days before the event. Like uh, my goal is if, if it was a perfect world and I had everything my way, you'd get it the morning of. You'd get it Thursday morning, the uh, 15th, but uh, that's too risky. So you'll probably get them a couple days before. Here's one thing that I'll say. For anybody that has a ticket right now that hasn't already uh, gotten a ticket, uh, make sure that you don't like inside that Facebook group, just don't post all the stuff that's in there yet. Um, I will make an announcement and say, okay, it's good. You guys can post them. Uh, all, the majority have been delivered. But what I see a lot of times is that first person gets it. They, they take all the stuff out of the box. They lay it out, take a picture. And it's like, oh, you gave away the surprise for everybody else. Like the whole thing is there's going to be some things in there that you're like, why did they send me this? It doesn't make sense. So we're going to have a little fun with you guys. And, um, so save the surprise for, uh, for everybody. Uh, that's, that's the biggest thing that I'll ask you to do for now. And then we'll say, okay, go ahead, go off and, and post it. So I think we'll, um, I think we'll, you'll probably get it two or three days before the event uh, if, if we do our job right. And um, yeah, so like we, we did this event today and they, my box got delivered to a house down the street from me and they're not home this morning for me to get it. So I didn't have the materials that I needed. So I definitely don't want to cut it too close like the day before, but don't, it, you're not going to get it like tomorrow. It'll, it'll come a couple days before the event. Definitely that week, uh, not next week, but the week after. And, uh, and, oh, if you get your ticket after Monday, like price is going to go up on Monday. If you get your ticket after that, you can still get a box. You're just going to get it. Like we just can't promise that you'll get it at at the event, we're going to do the best that we can to get it to you before you'll still get it. It'll just come, might come like during the event or, or a couple days after. So, um, but if you're on the fence, now's the time. Don't wait. Uh, don't wait till the last minute to get your ticket. Uh, if you're, and if you're not in a Facebook group, go get in the Facebook group. Um, it's just getting that it's a uh, flip hacking live 2020. You can search it, uh, ask to join, just put the email address and the name that you registered your ticket in and uh, the staff will check and make sure and then, and then uh, do it. So, uh, they'll put you in there. All right. I had a good time. We talked about money. We talked a little bit about money. Um, I'd also encourage anybody that hasn't done the 500K challenge to go, uh, to go do that. It's, uh, it's a really great um, opportunity. And, and really, it's a, it's a training. Like You'll have access to it for at least a year. Um, and you go back and watch it. It's incredibly cheap. It's 100 bucks. It's, uh, it's 30 days of you going through and, and doing some exercises. It's only designed to take about an hour a day. And so if you're not ready for that now, then uh, you know, at any point, you can, you can go jump into that and, and do it. So uh, it's kind of an ongoing thing that we just keep open all the time. We have two or three people that jump in each day and, uh, and just kind of start their journey in, in raising money. So, uh, all right. I hope you guys had a good time today. I did. I love talking about money. Uh, oh, you can, here, I'll, uh, I'll drop it in the chat here. Uh, 500K challenge. 
but Greg, I don't want you to do that until you get a Facebook page because I'm going to ask you to do some stuff in there that's going to talk about like what you want to do, where you want to go, and I'm going to challenge you to put yourself out there. Um, but if you go to 500kchallenge.com, you can just see what it is. I, I would, um, I, I, we have a questionnaire at the end of that thing and say, hey, what was this worth to you at the end? And people are like, $10,000, $5,000. And so it's really cool to see those uh, surveys come in at, after people get done their 30 days. Uh, because I definitely put way too much work into it. And uh, it's, it's probably my, the favorite thing that I've put together. Even uh, I've spent a lot, I love talking about raising money. I could stay here for another couple hours talking to you guys about it. So, um, okay, that's all I got. If nobody's got any other questions, uh, don't, oh, hey, if you use the code, I, I, we also, I, I, I say this every Friday pretty much, but if you use the code Friday, um, we have some tickets right now that we open up every Friday right after this call that um, you can use the code Friday and you can get the last four years of recordings uh, from Flip Packing Live and you can get the uh, Andy McFarland Solid Finance Training. So it's four hours of Solid Finance Training that we used to charge $1,500 for. So buy your ticket right now. You go to add promo code, put in Friday. I think we have, I think we put like five or 10 of them up every Friday and, and when they're gone, they're gone. So you just go there, go to flippackinglive.com, buy your ticket, go to add promo code. It's right at the top there at the Eventbrite site. Put in Friday, it'll unlock a secret ticket that'll show you the last four years of recordings and everything like that. And um, you can uh, get those bonuses. My team will set you up. Just give us a day. Um, they have to manually set it up. So, and if you don't see the, uh, the email that you get from us, check your spam. So that's what I got for today. Thanks for hanging out with me. I had a great time. Uh, I am going back to the event and back to the virtual event at the uh, Altitude membership. And Elena, hopefully that was good for you. Um, yeah, hey, Ben. Yeah, you can. If you send, send us an email, um, send an email to uh, info at sevenfigureflipping.com and uh, info at sevenfigureflipping.com. So the number seven figure flipping or just respond to the email that you got about the event that you, that you got and just let Vanessa know that I said it was okay for you to get the recordings. Uh, just tell her you were on the Friday call with us today and uh, didn't realize that that was an opportunity and no problem for me at all. And, uh, and the same thing, anybody else like, uh, you know, I, you guys are on this call. There's, there's what, 28 people on this call, 30 people, we have like 35, 40 people on this call at one point. For me, uh, you guys are the ones that are showing up every, every Friday. Absolutely. If we can hook you up with the bonuses or any of the previous recordings or stuff, be happy to do that. So if you want that stuff, just email, email our team, info at sevenfigureflipping.com um, and say, hey, I was on the Friday call with Bill. Uh, he said that I could get the recordings. Uh, I already bought my ticket and then we'll hook you up. So, uh, all right. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Thanks for hanging out with me. Um, good luck to you guys. And if you have any questions, just jump in our, jump in our Facebook groups, jump in the Flip Hacking Live group, ask some questions, jump in the seven figure house flipping and wholesaling Facebook group and ask some questions. And there's all kinds of people in there that'll answer them. So had a great time. I will see you guys uh, next week. Next week will be our last one. Uh, don't wait to get your tickets and share it with a friend. Like when I post these caricatures and pictures and things like that about Flip Hacking Live, I would love it if you shared it and told people about the event. Um, I really do want to just get in front of more people, impact more folks and, and the investors that are there, they're going to see a huge return on their investment for the future, especially with everything that's going on right now. All right. I'll see you guys uh, next week. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. I know we answered a, a bunch of questions about Flip Hacking Live, about raising money. People were posting, asking all kinds of different stuff in there. And this is kind of uh, on a regular basis, what we do inside of our mastermind groups, inside of the, our events and things like that. So um, I'm, I'm sure that you enjoyed it. I hope you got something from it. I hope it changed your mindset a little bit about 
uh, providing an opportunity and not potentially not using your own money, raising money and not being afraid of that. And uh, I don't know, uh, some of the strategies that I used as I was getting going and some of the mindset shifts and blocks that I had too. And uh, Susan Lasseter-Lyons, I mentioned on the podcast, she was a huge catalyst in changing the way that I thought about raising capital and providing an opportunity, not going to ask people for loans. And she's going to be speaking at Flip Hacking Live. Um, it's going it, to, this event is definitely the best event that I put together. This is the fifth year that we've done it. And it's going to be amazing. So I know that we raised the prices this week earlier in the week. So hopefully you took advantage of that. But if not, they're still incredibly affordable. They're still a great event. And we will get you a box of goodies, the swag. If you buy, I don't know, today, tomorrow, there's still a possibility that we can get it to you before the event. So don't miss out. Uh, go to fliphackinglive.com. Uh, a lot of you are just waiting and waiting. You're not sure what you're going to do tomorrow, let alone next week. And I get it. But don't wait too long. Don't miss this opportunity. It's an opportunity that, frankly, you just can't afford to miss. So go to fliphackinglive.com, grab your tickets, and uh, it, where it says, where did you hear about it? You know, put this podcast, share it with some friends. There's a lot of people that are out there that want this information, that need this information. They want to grow personally and professionally, and this is the place to do it. This event is like no other event that I've ever attended. We really spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to give you exactly what you need to move forward in the real estate business right now, today. So go to flipbackinglive.com, grab your tickets, and I'll see you on the next podcast. Bye. Hey, it's Bill again, and I want to personally invite you to our biggest event of the year, Flip Hacking Live. If you could copy the exact deal sources, marketing strategies, negotiation tactics, and business systems of the most successful house flippers and wholesalers in the nation, how would that change your business? Flip Hacking Live is a three-day event that we do just once per year, and it's happening October 15th through the 17th. We bring in the nation's top wholesalers and house flippers to walk you through everything they're doing how they're marketing directly to sellers, how they're picking up discounted off-market properties, how they're doubling their close ratio with the right negotiation tactics, how they're raising millions of dollars in private money, the things they're doing that other investors aren't doing, all of it. These are the guys and gals who are actively doing deals at a high volume in today's market all across the country. You get their full attention for three days. They have agreed to hold nothing back and you'll be right there with them so you can ask questions and get clarification on anything that you need. This is your chance to hack the nation's top flippers and wholesalers and ethically steal their exact strategies and systems. All you have to do is take notes, ask questions, and apply what you learn. But first, you need to get a ticket. We've sold out every year and ticket prices go up every few months. So go to fliphackinglive.com right now and get your tickets today. Fliphackinglive.com, October 15th through the 17th. This is an event that you cannot afford to miss.